Guys, today we're bringing on the second Idaho Horseman player to join the Game Time Guru podcast, another quarterback who's going to be joining the competition for that starting spot. There's a couple quarterbacks in the room, and it's going to be awesome today. We get to hear from the second, and we're going to be learning about the mountains and valleys throughout his sports journey. You guys need to listen, how he overcame obstacles, multiple setbacks, injuries, and why he has a new perspective on the game of football, why he's grateful to be able to be playing at the next level. So stay tuned. It's one that all athletes, coaches, parents, any fan of the sport should be listening to. So share this with your friends and family and buckle up. This is the Game Time Guru. So what time is it? Game time. This is the Game Time Guru podcast, where I interview sports figures from all over the world to help deliver a panoramic view on sports. So whether you're a former athlete, one of the crazies, or simply a casual sports fan, this is the perfect show for you as we peel back the curtains and learn from our guests every single week. I'm your host, Shane Larson, and I'm helping you see sports through a different lens. What is going on, everybody? Welcome out to the Game Time Guru podcast. Another week, another interview. We're bringing you the sports content that you guys want to hear. My name is Shane Larson, host and creator of the show, four years strong now, you know, established 2017. I got to give a shout out to the listeners. For anybody who has, you know, heard an episode of the show, who's shared any of the content, um, anybody who's been on the show, anybody who's left me a review on my podcast platform for Apple Podcasts, if you haven't, please go do so, guys. Like, go leave me an app, uh, a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps me out significantly. You don't understand how much one little review can help you in uh, gaining the momentum and the exposure that you need and the credibility as a podcast. But for everybody out there, thank you so much. And a massive shout out to 208 Printing, the title sponsor of the podcast. It wouldn't be possible without them. They got all the printing that you need. So if you got a business or a brand um, that you're trying to get out there, if you're a, a team, you know, and you need to get jerseys, shirts, any kind of swag made, hats, whatever it may be, hit up my guys over at 208 Printing. Go to madeby208.com. I always put them here in the description, but uh, it wouldn't be possible without them. So massive shout out to them. And we're sticking things here in the 208. We're talking about some horseman football again. You, you guys remember the interview I did with Giovanni Sanders. And, and I told you guys before I'd be doing some uh, converse, like con conversations and, and interviews with more horsemen players. Idaho Horsemen is an indoor football team here in Idaho. It's a professional organization. Um, and what we're trying to do here is build the exposure and and whatnot for this program. There's a lot of there's a lot of uh, talent. And today we get to talk to another quarterback. So this is the cool part about it is there's a quarterback room for this horseman team that's unlike anything I've ever seen. So it's going to be pretty sweet. A lot of competition, but that's a good thing. And I'm bringing on one of them again. This time it's Chad Mason. Uh, Chad, thanks so much for joining the show, man. Hey, great to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Absolutely, brother. So we talk about it. Okay, we had Giovanni. We're going to probably bring on more players, but as far as the quarterbacks, you and him are the first that, that we've talked about. Have you had a chance to see like the potential quarterbacks that are going to be on this team coming yeah, up into the season? I have, yeah. So uh, being local, Hayden, and, uh, Hayden Wright, the 2019 quarterback, him and I have been orchestrating weekly throwing. So Tuesdays and Wednesdays we go out there and uh, him and I, you know, get five, four or five receivers, you know, whoever can show. And we, you know, just let it fly. And it's, you know, him and I are, it feels like we're competing every throw. So it's it's been fun just having that guy pushing you. So, and I know Giovanni's bringing a whole, you know, new style of game. So I'm I'm ready for the competition. It's, it's going to be fun this year for sure. Yeah, I'm sure you're probably like, no, 
it's not it's not foreign to you competition's part of the game you know what i mean like so it's good it's it's always good it helps you rise hayden Wright, like you just mentioned i mean that was kind of a new it was a surprising thing for me because last year he wasn't coming back and that's why they were trying to find some you know someone to fill his shoes because he had a, a phenomenal year in the inaugural season 2019 horseman mm -hmm. went undefeated win the championship and um everyone was trying to see if he was coming back and he wasn't and then this year i mean it, just, it was probably a month ago or so not even maybe that that the announcement was made that he's coming back. Was that a surprise to you at all? Um, it, just being from January 1st, it was just me and Cal, uh, one of the receivers out there. And then we were just working on trying to get guys there. And then three weeks later, you know, then I was like, who's, who's this guy's carrying a football around. He's doing quarterback. I'm like, Oh, this is, this is Hayden. I've been hearing about him, you know, around just being the first quarterback of the horseman. And, you know, so then I was like, I went and introduced myself right away just to, you know, let him know who I was and just kind of, you know, saying I'm here and we're, you know, we're going to compete for sure. So um, it's been fun. He's a good guy. We've been, we work out together, we throw together. So it's been fun. We're, we're good buddies now. That's dope, man. That's super cool. Yeah. I, I was just kind of surprised myself. I'm like, Oh, in a, in a good way. I'm like, man, this is just a lot of talented quarterbacks coming in here. Yeah, that's a good problem to have. That's what I told, told coach. I was like, that's, that's a good problem. A lot of people don't even have a quarterback and here you got, you know, a solid stack of them that are going to be competing. So here's a question, Chad. We got to know, we got to get to know you, right? You introduced yourself to Hayden. Now he knows you, you guys are buddies, but let's talk to the fans here for a minute and let's get to know you, your playing experience. When did you start playing football? And have you always been a quarterback? Um, I have been always, always been a quarterback. I, uh, older brother was seven years older and my older sister was about five years older. So just growing up had that competition of, them, you know, they didn't take it easy on me, that's for sure. So I would say when I got against my peers, I was, you know, I was going a little bit harder than everybody was because I knew how how tough they were on me. So it, growing up, I started at seven uh, in peewee football in our junior minor program. I grew up in Grass Valley, California, Okay, it, uh, about an hour north of Sacramento, um, close to Tahoe area. And so we just had a great program and it was just the peewee fed right into the high school and we ran the same plays and it just was amazing. So I saw a kid wearing a, a junior minor Jersey and I was in sixth grade, I think about seven years old or I forget the age, but um, I was jealous. I just, I wanted, I wanted it. I was like, mom, I got to get into that. And so, yeah, she, uh, we looked it up and started right away in my coach had coached me through basketball and uh, baseball season and a soccer, all the little things you do. And he ended up being my peewee coach. And he's like, Chad, get over here. I know you, I know you got touch, try throwing it. And just so just naturally just came to, came to be that I started playing quarterback and it just kept going. And so every year from seven on, uh, you know, just until I was 18, I ran the same wing T offense and, you know, got got good at it, but it took yeah. Pee wee football, uh, junior minors. We we won almost every year. We had a, we just had a solid group of guys, and so once we got to high school, it was just it was just you know like the back of our hand. Really, we knew we, we knew what we were doing. Yeah, that's that's interesting to me. I want to touch base on that real quick because I didn't know that. Um, so coming from Idaho, we have Optimus football, which is like your peewee if you will but it goes up until you're like in the seventh potentially eighth grade depending on your age and how where you sit in your, your grade level but then there's middle school football then then there's high school football but i right. always i always talked about that i was like you know 
you have these dominant optimist football teams, these little leaguers, if you, if you will, that can run through like my team. When I was in little league, we were 28 and one over the course of four years. And then, you know, then you get into middle school and people break up going to different schools, different weight classes. Cause there's heavyweight, lightweight for football here in middle school and then yes. get into high school. And then, you know, there's levels, you know, you got, you got freshmen and then you had varsity. And then as you go, through, some people just develop at a different rate. So that, like you break up those teams, it's not the same offenses by any means, because when you get to these high schools, it's completely different styles of ball, like from people coming from all over. And I always wondered why we didn't have a system like that. There is a school here in the, in the state. Madison um, is a school that I always kind of like, I, I respect it because for basketball, they run the same programs through their club teams all the way through middle school and high school. And they, they run the same systems. So when they get to high school, they're so well versed in their systems that it's, it's very difficult to beat them. It doesn't matter if they're coming from different clubs either. Like they're all pretty similar and they can grasp the concept. Do you feel that that like played an advantage for you and like growing up in the same system and being able to play in that system in high school? Absolutely. And there was a, a lot of advantages, I would say, just because uh, Dave Humphers was our, our head coach at the varsity level. And uh, through high school, there's freshman, JV and varsity. So two levels to get to the varsity. Um, but he made it such a culture around it. It was the minor magic that we had. Um it just, we lit, I, one of the best stadiums I've ever played in um, was our high school stadium, surrounded by pine trees, up in the hills, you know, all these teams from Sacramento, like inner city kind of schools had to come in and come play you know, up in the mountains. And it was, it was, I just remember going as a kid, just watching and just praying to get there, you know, and hoping and working hard to get there. And um, so growing up, yeah, all the coaches, committed to running that wing tee and i mean it, it benefited me a lot just throughout high school i knew exactly the reads we had a couple midline reads where i would read the d and crash in or not and it was a read option before the read option was big um which was was great i i mean it's fun made me a better runner for sure not as many pass attempts i maybe got 12 a game you know and i, I would make them count though so i try to go 10 for 12, 11 for 12, or try to go perfect, but you know, you never can be, but it just, uh, the coaches, yeah, they committed 48 hour. Jack was our, our, our key play guards pulling handed off to the back. I fake around in case he can cut back so I can block that safety. And it just, you know, it was so well oiled. I can tell you all the plays still. And it just, so it's so ingrained in my head. It's yeah. Um, so yeah, I would say it, it benefited me for sure. Once I got, Past it though, I didn't know how to take a, a proper drop. So yeah, it, it benefited me while I was there. Afterwards, it's a different story for sure. Okay, that's a really interesting point. So you're talking. If if anybody's listening, you probably have heard of the name Steve Young. Okay, so Steve Young. For those who don't know, I'll just give a quick little background on Steve Young. He ran. He, Steve Young was a running only quarterback in high school. He ran the Veer option. He won multiple championships. He destroyed all the competition in his city back East. When he got to BYU, he was a seventh. Yes. I said that seventh string quarterback. He wasn't going to play. He didn't know how to do a three-step drop, five-step drop. He didn't know how to throw a spiral for one. He didn't know how to throw the ball. He never had to. Um, mm. They only threw very like periodically throughout each game. They were a run first option. Then he got put as a DB. There's a whole story behind it. If anybody hasn't listened to about the Steve Young story, but he got put as a DB at BYU and then he ended up taking advantages of his opportunities, started practicing. He battled with mental health issues, this, that, and the third. Comes back, he ended up learning how to do a drop. He ended up learning how to throw a spiral, which he didn't know how to do. But it, that's a very rare story. It's more difficult than people think. They see Steve Young as a Super Bowl winning quarterback, Hall of Fame quarterback. They don't realize getting into the college level at a D1 school where he was at a pretty prestigious university at BYU. 
uh, following McMahon, who was an amazing quarterback, went on to play in the NFL as well. Um, those were large shoes to fill, and he had to figure it out. And it, it, he kind of bloomed pretty late. So my question is, like, that sounds somewhat similar in the sense of like you didn't know how to like the the typicals the the drop and then throwing and and doing yeah. those typical offenses for college. So when you get to the next level, or talk to us about that, did you get any looks at the next level, and did you get to play football at the next level? And then we'll talk about the transition there. For sure, yeah. Um, so coming through high school, I I blossomed uh, at a junior year. So I was about five eleven sophomore year, and then grew to six three and was at about one ninety five two two bills. So I was, you know, my buddy and I, uh, Taylor, ended up getting a full ride to Notre Dame, big offensive lineman. But him and I were gym rats and just went crazy. So from junior year to senior year, I went to 6'3", 220, and just was hard guy to bring down, just, you know, in the wing tee, running the option. You know, it took one or, you know, more guys. So um, I got I got some looks. Utah State was a big one. Uh, we had had two guys go previous, a tackle and then a free safety who ended up getting a look by the Seahawks, James Brindley. He, that guy was amazing. Just playing with him was, was fun to watch in our section championship game. My junior year, he's playing safety runs up on the running back is like wrapping him up, rips the ball out of his hands, takes it 60 yards in the championship game. And it was just like, wow, it was crazy. So just playing around guys like that. I had another guy, Andrew Jackson played for the Falcons, went to Fresno state, played for the Falcons. He was my right tackle and DN. And he is so, I mean, high school, I, I got to play with a lot of talent, which was, which was fun. Um, and they got some looks and, you know, so I had a chance to go to Utah state on the recommendation of James Brindley and all those guys we were talking and uh, we ended up first, you know, we lost in the first round of the playoffs. It just, you know, steamrolled. Uh, we were, we played good. We made, it was the only season we really struggled was my senior year. We went seven and three made the playoffs, but we, ran into a big team and I just struggled in that game. Um, so it just, it kind of felt like a damper on that recruiting process. So I did everything I could. I went to a Utah, or Arizona state uh, camp when I was junior to senior year, um, trying to get some more exposure. I, unfortunately I didn't have a lot of direction uh, in that recruiting realm. And I was always just D one or nothing, D one or nothing. And that's, I, I regret it now because I was, I saw, you know, looking at my mail, just my mom had saved it all and put it all in this box for me, but it was like Portland state, all these cool Idaho state actually. And, um, you know, I just, I was dumb not to even look. So I, you know, I regret that myself. It'll help me, uh, you know, with my kid whenever I, you know, have them, but just saying, help them guide them along and try to make the right choice. Cause school is school anywhere. And it's, you know, at D one, I was just, a little bit, you know, juvenile thinking I, I can make it in it. 2% of the guys, you know, go out of high school, and make it on to the next level. And so long story short, I ended up going to uh, Butte uh, Junior College out of high school. And just because of the reason Aaron Rodgers went there a few years before me, uh, quite a few years before me, his little brother, Jordan Rodgers, was there at the same time. Um, and we ended up battling and uh, he – we ended up playing and so i ended up breaking my foot the last game of the season and three surgeries deep so from 2008 to 2000, 2009 uh, i had one surgery to fix it all they put a bunch of metal in plate i broke the liz frank so the liz frank uh you've heard of that oh so yeah I, tell the listeners tell the listeners about this oh my gosh 
So it's uh, it's the it's a bone and all the muscles on top of your foot that holds your uh, your arch up. So I broke that bone and didn't know it till the next morning. Actually, I got home, took went to sleep, woke up, took a step and collapsed. And my mom, like you know, I crawled out. And I was like, oh man, this is not good. So um, was at home actually, yeah. And we went to the hospital and. Got you know, found out how many bones were broken. So immediate surgery uh, the next two days. And then just the story goes on. So after that rehab, you know, it was difficult, but I, you know, pinching these marbles with your toes, trying to get that feeling back. Then finding out they had to take the metal out. So another surgery. So it's like gaining all that muscle back to get it taken away again for another recovery. So I had to go back in. They took the, you know, the metal plates out, the one screw that was in there and they did, it happened to be great. And then about six months later, I just started really limping again and didn't know what was going on. And my weird thing, my, my, uh, pinky toe and my, my middle or whatever that toe is next to the pinky, <laughs> it started growing this way. So they started going across just really weird going across my foot. So I had to get these pins inserted down into my two toes about this long into my foot. And that was the longest recovery I had. So that was 2009 in January. And I see the memories on my Facebook and it's just the gnarliest thing. All this gross and like two pins sticking out. And Oh dude. Oh, just, man. <laughs> so I wanted to get it out. Like the, the greatest day I was like, okay, you're gonna put me under, right? No. He pulls out pliers and he's like, you might want to bite down on something. And I'm like, you're joking, right? <laughs> and he's like, no. And he grabs it. And I'm just like, I look over and my mom, my mom rode with me all through this. She was, you know, what held me together. And Shout out to your mom. Me. Yes, for sure. I'm a mama's boy. So <laughs> I look over and I just, I just bit down on a piece of a towel, I think, and yanks. And oh my God, worst thing I've ever felt. Sorry to go there, but it just, you know. That was the extent of that pain that I was like, and what am I, you know, is this rehab going to be worth it? Like to go back to the sport. Cause that's all I thought about was just getting back. I just wanted to fight my way back. Cause I felt like I didn't get, give myself a proper chance, you know, out of that JC. I, you know, didn't get a, the best looks, you know, and it just took, so I played that year. So it took a, a year. My, my clock started. Right. So 2010, January time, I called American River College, which is a JC in Sacramento, and talked to the coach. They had just went, uh, I think, like seven and four and lost to a couple teams late. Um, and I told him, hey, I'm going to rehab and I'm going to come play quarterback for you. And him and I had had a Gerald Hayflick, one of the greatest coaches I've ever played for. Um, he was the coach at ARC. And I just told him, this is, this is my plan and I'm coming back. So I rehabbed and it was – I'm kind of weird. I wake up five, six in the morning, you know, pretty repetitively. And I just would take myself to the gym and I was on crutches at first, you know, and doing the rehab in there by myself. And then I finally was able to start running and I would do that stair stepper and that I would do it for an hour each day. And another thing about my mom, she during my surgeries. She felt bad, obviously, because I'm laid up and 19, 20 year old kid. And she was feeding me some good comfort food, you know, and I, I, man, I blossomed, I think not blossomed. I grew to about 250. Like it was bad. I was, I was pudgy. I looked at myself in the mirror. I was like, dude, 
not not good. And so if I needed to get where I wanted to go, I had to put in a lot of work. So I lived on that stair stepper. I started coming back and I started shredding away and got back to 215 right when I went to ARC, lean, mean and ready to go. And uh, so that was that summer. So I had four months to really get ready. And the uh, athletic trainers at ARC were so they were awesome. Uh, I forget her name. Lauren, I believe is her name. She wrapped it special for that Liz Frank break, would put a little pad underneath in my cleat. So it was, I was always taken care of, which was awesome. And at JC, ARC was such a good experience. Like they, they did things right. You know, in my eyes, they took care of their players. They, you know, made sure we were hitting our books, you know, and it's, it's always, you hear books, you know, before the ball and it, it's true. You got to, you know, in high school, I probably didn't take that as seriously as I should have. I wish, you know, obviously looking back, I wish I would have. Um, you never know what could happen. But, yeah, so going to ARC, summer tryouts, man, it was just a battle. They had a freshman kid, and I had two years left, really. So I needed to I needed to make a statement and get seen fast. And so uh, I didn't want to sit behind anybody. So I just started uh, getting with a bunch of group of receivers, throwing every day, and um, the arm's always been, you know, extra strong and guys would, guys would tell me, you know, that I threw a good ball to them. And so they liked just how we played. I give them a chance, throw it up on a 50, 50. I never, I, I really like to play after Brett Favre, just let it fly, you know? Yeah. But you know, I'm, I'm not going to not give my guy a chance. So um, yeah, just in the summer, I ended up earning that starting spot and ran with it the whole year um, ended up, playing that whole year it was fun just we won the championship uh beat deanza in our our bowl game too um threw for like i think four touchdowns in the championship game um like 300 something yards so it was it was a it was one of the best experiences having that fight and journey you know to to overcome that injury of that foot just knowing where i was that i was not walking i could barely walk through the kitchen without limping you know and then to be celebrating a championship um, was was, I mean, it just it was everything I I had thought about through that whole process was just the end game. What am I? I want to hold up. I want to get a ring. You know, I want to, you know, I want to leave this team, and that's exactly what I did. Try to get a scholarship wherever I could, and just play somewhere. I just want to keep playing. I just love football. Man, there's there's a lot to unwrap there. I'm like sitting here taking notes. <laughs> First thing is Jordan yeah. Rogers, uh, shout out, you know, Bachelorette, Bachelor, you know, the whole yeah, okay, cool, cool. On that. I, man, totally different guy. Yeah. <laughs> so funny you mentioned that. I had to watch that with my wife. So yeah, I'm one of the guys who watches the shows with okay. So any anywho, um you're talking about Liz Frank. I uh pulled up Taysom Hill. Um, I mean, you, we've already kind of we've we've talked about steve young um, yeah. and kind of like some of the similarities there well Taysom hill like if, if people want to look at a, a quote-unquote big name player who's now made his name in the nfl with the saints uh yeah. i mean holy cow like that's a guy who he had a liz frank injury but he could not stay healthy like his foot kept messing up and people didn't understand it now i hope af after hearing what you were saying people have a better understanding of that type of an injury it's actually super super serious and a lot of people don't recover from it to be able to compete at a high level like you were able to do after an extensive amount of rehab and setbacks. Gosh, the third thing is I want people to hear this uh, from you, Chad, because you talked about the setbacks, not one, like LeBron would say, not one, not two, not three. Okay. 
you had a couple of them and then and and for me everybody knows i'm i got a weak stomach so while you're sitting there talking about like them ripping that thing out like wow dude there's a lot that goes into that i've told people multiple times man like the down part of my my life and my athleticism was about four years ago when i tore my shoulder i never had surgery before like a major surgery outside of my broken nose and uh when I tore my shoulder, I had to get surgery on it and it took me out for six months legitimately. And I went into this mental funk, this depression, because I was one, they're giving me painkillers, which I don't, I'm not normally used to taking. And I don't know how people do that for fun to each their own. I was so sick every day when I was taking painkillers. Secondly, I bloated up to like 245, 250. And that's not good for me. I'm not a healthy 245, 250. So when you're saying that I related to you and secondly, or thirdly, whatever you want to call it, I couldn't move my arm at full strength. So like I went through these mental funks of like, I'm never going to be, I'll never be able to have full range of motion. I'll never be able to do this again. I'll never be able to play basketball again. I'll never be able to box again. I'll never be able to do this. Like I, I legitimately went, I had convinced myself that I was never going to be able to be normal again uh, right. because that's how bad it was. At some point I legitimately couldn't lift my arm up two inches. And so um, when you're talking about that, I remember in my head, how hard it was, but I wasn't playing at college. I was, I mean, I was far past that. I'm, I was 27, 28 when that happened. Um, for you, for talking to the athletes like this, what was the number one you, you mentioned, you know, the end goal was a ring. You wanted to keep going, but like truly, how did you, like, what was a mindset that you had to get yourself into Chad, to be able to con- continue moving forward at right. that point? Because there one setback's bad enough, but when it happens again, how did you keep going? So to speak. It's a good question. And, you know, looking back at my, my younger self, just from 18 to that 21 was that whole time, three years of my life where I, I just, it was so uncertain what was going to be my future. And yeah, so right when the first surgery happened, I had optimism, you know, going into it, I'll be right back, you know, no big deal. Second one happens and it just, so I'm sitting there and going to rehab every day and it's, you're driving and it's, you most times you're not even listening to music you're just in your head so much and like you said the the painkillers they prescribed back you know in 2009 it wasn't as regulated so they just gave them you know here 60 of them and it's just like so yeah going through that too it's super depressing because i'm sitting back in a room you know by myself i'm I love playing that NCAA football game on PlayStation. So I love, I mean, I would just sit back there and play that and, and just be alone. And, and it, it does take a toll on your head and your mental game. And it's, it's something that, you know, I'm, I'm glad they regulate the painkillers now because any kid that I see injured catastrophically in football, it's like, I know the path that it could lead them down. It's, it's, you know, where that's they're popping, you know, painkillers just to, just to, feel better about themselves and not feel depressed, you know, and, or whatever, everybody, like I got sick too on them and it just, so it's not a, a great thing for your health. Um, yeah. So fighting those, you know, inner monologues in your head where it's like, you'll never get back. You'll never, you know, throw another touchdown again. It's like those things, you know, creep in there. And I honestly, after a certain point where I was so, deep in that hole after the third surgery and just knowing it was another six month rehab. I was like, dude, you, you, you can't live down here. You gotta, you gotta fight. So, you know, mountains and valleys, it's like, so in high school we won the championship, you know, I was, you know, big fish and a little, little pond and, and felt good to be me and, you know, those things, um, had a ring that already. So I knew what it felt like. I wanted to, you know, go to college and do it. And, so yeah, that after that third one, I was you know in the deepest hole, and that valley was so low. But 
had the support of, you know, my mom who, you know, always was there for me, giving me encouraging words and uh, just saying, you know, if that's what you want to do, I, I, you know, I got your back and we'll, we'll make it happen. And I was thankful and grateful for her to just support me and wanting to play again, because every doctor said, you'll never play again. Like you said, it was a career ender. They called the Liz Frank injury. So um, I just remember telling myself that I wanted a different life. I didn't want this to be the end of my journey. I didn't want some doctor to tell me I'm not going to play it because that's not, that's not going to happen for me. Like personally, I got to, you know, I just, I, I had to fight. I had to fight to get my way out of it. And it was a, it was a hard, hard path to really go through. And like you said, just fighting that inner monologue. I had to tell myself, I had to shake my head and say, shut up. I'm here. I'm doing the work. It's going to pay off. I'm here. I'm doing it. It's going to pay off. And it was, you know, points where I didn't, I couldn't even walk after rehab because it was like so excruciating and just had to take my crutches again and walk myself to my truck and long story. And it was, you know, a tough time for sure. But that, that journey, I think made me so mentally prepared for anything to come when I made it to camp, I was enjoying just, just being at camp. Like, we're running sweet. I'm, I'm, you know, I was happy. Like I didn't care what we were doing and it, anything football related meetings. Oh, sweet. I get to be in a football meeting again. Like I, man, I was so ecstatic just to be involved and competing for a starting spot again. And it, but that climb back to it, it just, it's baby steps and you got to just keep putting one, one step forward each day, one step. And you got to just keep telling yourself it's going to pay off. And I'm lucky that, you know, I fought my way through and, and it did, it did pay off for me. So it was wow. quite a journey though. It, it's crazy. Uh, it's crazy hearing you. And, and you mentioned baby steps for any young athletes out there that might not have kids. Let me just tell you, I got a four-year-old and a one-year-old. My one-year-old started walking about, you know, two months ago. Um, and it, it like when, when Chad says baby steps, when babies start walking, you know, they, they're very small stutter steps. Like they kind of like are unbalanced and they fall and they land on their butt or whatever. And then they stand back up and they take. So when he says baby steps, like that's part of the whole process, baby steps. And then you fall and then yep. you kind of get up and you're gripping the ground with your toes and you're like not very coordinated. Baby steps aren't always pretty, uh, but you got to take them. Um, and then eventually you build yourself up. I, I love that. You said that you had a new, it's basically, you had a new perspective. You know, you're just thankful to be at camp. Mm -hmm. um, when I went through my injury, with my shoulder, I was playing my very first three on three. Um, we played in a three on three city league basketball league in the summer here in Boise. Um, and I was out there playing and it was uh, a month after I had been cleared to finally play. Mm -hmm. And I was no longer the guy who was banging down low, like getting physical anymore. I, I, I was, I was kind of taking, I was very cautious. I didn't want to lift the ball up too quick. Cause if somebody hits the ball when I'm going up, it would yeah. pop my shoulder. And I'm just those little freak things that you get here of like reaching for a pass to deflect it when I'm playing defense, like the little things reaching for a rebound. I don't want my shoulder getting yanked back. The little things I was very, very conscious of. And I remember one of my opponents was sitting on the sideline with me and he goes, what happened to you, man? He's like joking around with me. He's like, you used to bang. What's going on, dude? You're soft now. And I'm like, dude, I, I'm just grateful to be here, man. I was like, I'm just glad I can shoot the basketball and compete right now. Like, I don't even care about banging. Like, so it kind of hurt my feelings a little bit. I was like, yeah, dude. And, you know, I knew I had work to do still, but I was in that same boat. I was just grateful to be there. And I'm glad that you had that perspective. Um, young athletes take note. Things can, you'll have setbacks and so forth, but hopefully it's not a, an injury that gives you that perspective. Maybe here in Chad's story right now, you can 
already start to kind of gain some appreciation for the sport that you're playing. Be appreciative um, that you're even out there and the opportunities because you never know when you won't have that chance again. Quite literally, like it sounds cliche, right? But Chad didn't know he was going to break his foot and then it was going to turn into a a situation where it was like a year, year and a half before he could even like really get full strength at all. Didn't know that. So take note on that. Now, Chad, after your stint at ARC, right? What was the next steps after that? And what did you end up doing? Uh, So I ended up going, uh, got recruited by a couple schools, one in Washington, Whitworth was like a D3 and then Ohio was a D3, uh, Ohio Northern. And I took a visit to Whitworth in Washington and loved, loved the Seattle area. I, I really don't know why I chose to go to Ohio. Um, for the main fact that when I went to Ohio and saw the culture of football out there and the nuts that, you know, the Buckeyes, like, that, right. you know, and I've seen your Ohio State, you know, so I, I know I've seen it. But those fans, when you're around them all the time, holy crap, it was, <laughs> it was wild. It was just, <laughs> yeah, so – um, I went out there for a visit and and ended up just loving the the system they ran. It was similar to ARC. It wasn't. Um, they were just asking me to play quarterback. And Whitworth had asked me to play tight end and play wherever. And I, you know, I was like, ah, I'm gonna, I want to play quarterback and continue what I'm doing. Um, and so, yeah, I ended up going to Ohio and just <laughs> found out that the strength of guys in California was one thing, but I've never been grabbed by a one hand and just yanked to the ground. Like in practice, just, I just was thrown. And I was like, I was 30 at this time, you know, with more muscle. And it was, I like, I was like, Whoa, like, okay, welcome to college football. Being D3 doesn't matter. It's like NAIA, D3, D2, it's football. It's, it's, there's guys competing everywhere. So um, yeah, went and it's in this little town of Ada, Ohio, uh, maybe two full blocks, you know, of town, and that was about it. They make the Wilson footballs there. That's their claim to fame. No, okay, cool. So I got to see all of them be made, how they patched the stuff, and you know, the Michigan patch was there, and no one wanted to do that one because they wanted to just do the Ohio State one because they didn't want to send Michigan their balls. So it's pretty funny just to see the whole process, but. Uh, yeah, played. I ended up in uh, in camp, just was grinding away, trying to earn the starting spot. The quarterback had just left, was a senior, um, you know, was a great runner pretty much. So I was doing th- different things. They had a lot of veer option, but I was trying to have the spread game, you know, where I could throw the ball around, and that's what they were implementing. Um, and we had a great first few games. One, uh, the first game against North Carolina, Westland, Western. Yeah, Western. Um, and they, uh, we go into the second game and we play this team, Mount Union. I don't know if you. Oh, yeah. Mount yeah. Union is a really well known program at that right. level. So um, that was week eight. And so week two, we, I ended up playing and we played Otterbine, is their name. And I was rolling out and just got rolled up on, on my knee and just another injury. So, you know, I, uh, it, I don't know what exactly happened. I heard, a, I heard a like slight click in it after that and was trying to just come back to practice. Couldn't make it for the next couple games. My mom um, and brother were scheduled to fly out to Ohio and come see me play. So I, you know, I was grinding in the rehab center, just trying to get ready. And so week seven, I was back and, uh, and just in time for that week eight Mount Union game. 
And so, of course, they came to the biggest game out there. And, I mean, I've never seen a team blitz so much. I mean, it was like – it was in the mud too, so, it, like, ball was hard to grab. So they knew if they put pressure on and hit me a ton, you know, it was going to be hard to get the ball out. Our running backs couldn't get any holes. So it was just a, a very physical game. I remember coming out of that not not looking great and not feeling even probably worse, you know. Um uh, and after that game, I just we went two more weeks, and I ended up earning a half scholarship, which was it was you know it wasn't a full, so I had to pay half of the half of the way. So after that season, I you know I had to talk with my mom, and and it just uh, it just didn't seem like right to go into so much debt. And you know my one year that I had at college was pretty much done, and so. I just ended up moving back to uh, Arizona actually to live near my sister. She had just had a couple kids and I wanted to, you know, play uncle for a little while. And that was fun. Worked with my brother-in-law. Um, actually ended up moving back to my hometown and uh, started coaching. I met, um, <laughs> went to the golf course randomly and uh, ended up meeting my wife there. And nice. this is the cool part. So yeah, she, after college, um, I didn't think I was going to play again, to be honest. I I thought the journey was done. I, you know, loved the game immensely. I was like, but if I'm not playing in the league or professionally, like, then what's the point? I'm not going to ruin my body anymore. And being coming from that knee injury after that, um, that was about 2014. You know, I, I knew it was kind of over in my mind. I shouldn't have. But so – this this whole lead up to this whole horseman thing is is just wild because I I went into coaching at my high school where we won all those championships and they weren't doing as great at the time just from uh, stats of the school like not being as many people enrolled and but we were still D one and getting all these big teams you know playing us so in California D one is like you three thousand plus at the um, the school whatever density um, so. Yeah, we we barely made that mark, and it just we weren't doing as well. So coaching was what I wanted to do, just give back my passion and just be around the game somehow. And, um, you know, so spent six years coaching at that school. Uh, I got a couple head coaching spots at the JV level, which was fun. Uh, I did that for a couple years, did quarterback coach for varsity the whole time, um, was around two head coaches and you know, it was a great time. I ended up, so I, what kept me coming back, I got to play the scout team quarterback and I got to mimic all these young cats and like, yeah. I was feeling good. I, my knees were good. My feet were feeling great. I could still throw the ball and um, it's, it's, it's funny and just kept, you know, playing for four years doing that, you know, scout team and just having a blast doing it. And we ended up thinking about moving out of, uh, out of California, my wife and I, um, and so we, her mom lives here in Idaho. And once I got here, it was, uh, I had always seen the horsemen and just wanted to know, like wanted to get attached to the team and didn't, I, I saw the tryout is what I saw. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to try just why not? Cause I feel great. Um, and I don't know, I'm kind of jumping around. Sorry. I, oh, you're I don't good, man. This is all part of the story. Yeah. So I should go back though, because in 2016, I got the itch to play and I started playing flag football, right? Just throwing the ball around. And this is a big part of the story. So uh, 2016, I ended up just going up 
for a pass coming down and a guy had like fell into my knee, tore my ACL and MCL and had another catastrophic injury. Heard the biggest pop in the world. Uh, it was, you know, I, I still remember that to, to this day. And it just was so freak, you know, and just a random play and drove myself up to the, to the hospital, got an MRI. They told me both of them are torn. And the choice was you can let it heal naturally and it'll always give you trouble or get a reconstructive, reconstructive surgery. And, you know, so I was with uh, my fiance at the time and, and she said, well, do you don't want to have problems moving forward? And I'm so glad that she said that because looking to where I am now with the horseman, it's, it's the only reason I'm, I'm going to be able to play because right. I fixed that knee. I did another nine months of rehab. So yeah, just, I felt like an injury, uh, <laughs> like not, I don't know. I knew how to handle it, I guess, at that point, the mental game, I knew what was going to come. I knew how to take it. I knew what I needed to do to get past it. And, and I still coached through the whole time I was on the sideline with crutches. It was, it was, you know, a fun time, you know, to be, to be out there with the crutches, you know, that was r rough. My shoulders got big uh, from crutching around so much, but after that, yeah, just uh, finally making my way, you know, to Idaho. I, I, I'm so thankful that, you know, I, I fixed the knee and now I'm able to compete and play at this level. It's just, it's been fun. Uh, Reynolds, you know, going out to that first day and throwing, he was like, oh, okay. And, and three weeks into it, he was, you know, we signed it. And so I, yeah, I know that I'm, I'm back at the, I'm getting back into that shape that I once was in and uh, Justin Garcia, one of our, our players, him and I have been working out together. And so it's been, it's been fun, man. He's been pushing me tons and um, I'm just feeling, feeling young again, which, you know, I never, I never thought I was going to be able to play again. I was, you know, I went out and bought a helmet just cause I was so excited and, <laughs> and you know, I, I can't wait for the, the camp to get here. Just, you know, ready to, ready to go. Yeah, sorry, I jumped around so much. On no, this. I I'm digging the story. This is what I like, Chad. I like stories like this. This the whole the whole premise of the show is to have these stories in the background behind everything because obviously there's a you didn't just show up here. Like there's yeah. a whole background to you getting here, and people wouldn't know that. Just they'd be like, oh, he's just playing quarterback. He's been playing quarterback his whole life. They don't know the journey. That's the whole point. We want to hear that story. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, and you referenced Justin Garcia. I'm gonna shout it out right here calling him out right now. I got to get him on the show um, as well. Just, I like Justin. I, I talked to him last year, um, doing some interviews with them last year for the horsemen before the season got shut down because of COVID. But uh, I really like that guy. He's, he's a super, super good guy. That's the whole thing. The whole horseman crew, the players, it's like one big family and that sounds super cliche as well, but it's awesome. It's a bunch of guys that are still being able to play football at, at this level. It's given opportunities to people like yourself and everybody, yeah. you know, is out there to help everyone. There's some competition there, obviously at position battles and whatnot, but uh it's it's awesome. So the horseman. Listen, for all the listeners out here, we've talked to Giovanni Sanders. We've talked about kind of what the indoor game is like. There's a little bit different rules here and whatnot, like, you know, smaller field and all the stuff. The speed of the game is pretty quick. I'm going to tell everybody I went to a game, but I was following the games um, during the inaugural season quite closely through Boise Sports Talk. Boise Sports Talk was always at the games and they were showing their behind the scenes footage of the of the games and whatnot. Um, it is fun. So if you live in the Treasure Valley, anywhere near uh, Nampa at the Fort Idaho Center, if you live anywhere near, so I'm talking the surrounding areas, Boise, Meridian, Eagle, Middleton, CUNA, whatever, okay? Nampa, of course, Caldwell. If you guys are in the Treasure Valley or you're just traveling around in Idaho, come check out a game, okay? 
it's so much fun to watch. These games are super, super fast paced. Um, it's it's actually really cool. Like people are like, oh, what what's going on over there with the horsemen? And now you're getting to know the players. Guys, it's it's a really fun game to watch. Chad, I want you to tell the horsemen fans though, um, what they can expect to see from you on the field in a horseman jersey. What they can expect is um just a quiet confidence. I, you know, I move about um my football and just I try to be you know, the highest IQ out there, I, you know, and let the athletic ability back that up. Um, so I want to know, you know, I'm a film rat, so I love to just know what the other guy's doing. Um, this is so fast paced. It's, it's make your read. It's not there, go to the next and you got to throw or go, um, been learning that. So it's just been, it's been fun, uh, learning that, but what they can expect as a hardworking, um, never going to quit, a team leader just and just someone who wants to win i just i can't stress that enough is it's all i care about is just whatever we got to do for the team to to get there is is what i want to do so if that means being the raw raw you know leader of the team then that's what i'll try to step up and do because everybody looks at that quarterback i mean tom brady has seven rings for for what reason you know being that leader and you know it's it's I mean, why can't we all strive to, you know, go chase a championship and do it together? That's what, like you said, the family is so cool. And I already feel it just being, um, I've been in Idaho for about a year, you know, and it's just, this is the the best friends I've, I've made out here is, is Justin and all these guys I'm, I'm meeting so far and, you know, Cal, Hayden, all those guys. So I look forward when all the out-of-state guys get here, you know, Giovanni, um, there's a couple of guys coming from Sac, Sacramento that I, I you know I'm looking forward to meeting being a, you know, Cali, Cali kid myself. So, um, it's, it's, it's going to be fun. I just, I, I can't wait to get out there and feel what it's like to just have the stands and, you know, all that, all that cheer. I just, the, the YouTube videos I watched of the 2019, it looks like a fun time. So I just, I can't wait to be on the field and see it, you know, firsthand. Dude, it's it's a blast, man, and and it's it's great for the players. Like, I want to know from your perspective, just from practicing though. You did mention the pace is a little bit faster. I know yeah. you guys probably haven't been able to get into full game speed and the whole rules and stuff, but maybe you have. I, what's the biggest transition from going from an eleven man actually playing at the collegiate level to this? To right. this right now. So um, the couple of rules that I've learned is once uh, that that I mean it's it's a center and two guards, and so as a quarterback, that's your box. So if you step outside, so if you're in that box, only that one middle backer can rush you. But once you step outside of that box, everybody can come. And it's so the D linemen are already coming, but that one blitzer is what they allow if you're in the box. So once you leave, it's it's full game. And that's maybe a step or two to your right or a step or two to your left. So it's going to be – that's the newest challenge for me is just the tight spaces and and learning how to maneuver in those spaces. The funnest thing is, is being able to drop back, send my quickest guy on a post, knowing the safety's flat-footed, and just throw it to the end zone and let him go catch it. And it's we've been working on that a ton, so it's been fun. And um, we got some great guys. This guy Danny Osmer, man, he's he's crazy legs is what I call him, but he uh, faster than the wind. Really, I can throw it as far as I can, and he'll go he'll go track it down. So it's been fun getting around the talent out here and the defensive guys, you know, they, they're intimidating looking They're The D line is, is looking, I mean, it's, it's not fun to look at when you're a quarterback, you know, they're right. ripping through and it's, you gotta, you know, avoid and make a play, but 
Um, the pace of play, it's just, I think, coaching and doing all that, you know, keeping the arm always ready and throwing all the time. Uh, it just, I think it always, I don't know, in a strange way, I feel like it was leading to this. And in a strange way, <laughs> being over 30 years old, you know, one of the older guys, like, it's going to be tougher for me, for sure. So um, I'm going into that knowing it, but I'm also going into it thinking I was never going to play again, thinking, you know, I so I'm thankful and I'm happy we're going to camp. Like, I can't wait to just strap on the pads and we'll, let's go compete and see who comes out on top because it's it's going to be a battle, you know. We're going to fight it out and, and we're going to be, you know, buddies in the meantime, but it's, you know, every time – you get a rep, make it count. And that's, that's all I think about is just don't count the reps, make the reps count and, and fight, you know, every day just to show them that you're going to lead them. And that's what, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I, yeah, I get a little giddy just, just talking about it just because I, I, I really, you know, my wife gets to see me put on pads for the first time. And that's like, that's something that I never thought was going to happen. And I'm so stoked to just see her in the stands and like put on a show for them. And I don't have to just talk about it anymore. I can show her like what I used to do. And so it's been fun. Uh, just this whole process has been wild and I'm, ex I'm ecstatic just to be here. You know what I mean? Totally, man. So you don't have to play the uncle Rico from Napoleon dynamite anymore. Like, ah, when my day now, you, now, over the mountains, yep. yeah, now you actually get to throw them over the mountains. That's, that's yeah. the funny part, dude. I love it, man. I'm I'm excited to see you, Chad. I hope everybody else who's listening gets gets st stoked because this is this is what we want to do. We want to personalize this. Let you see the players that you're going to be seeing on the field. They're human beings. They've gone through this, that, and the third, and they're getting another opportunity to play. They're going to play at a high level. Um, obviously, Chad, I can tell just from your work ethic. That's one thing that I'm looking forward to seeing throughout the duration of the season. You know, it's it's the work ethic, uh, the leadership qualities that you just referenced right there. How you're going to lead the team. Um, it's tough shoes to fill. I mean, coming into a, a team that won and they had a year off and now what is it going to look like? Do they keep that momentum? Do they not? There's new teams in the league. Some mm -hmm. stuff has changed. So it's, a, it's really like a full clean slate, but there are still expectations. So it's a weird thing for horsemen players, but mm -hmm. people like yourself, you have that experience, you have the leadership traits and that's what you're bringing here. So yeah. I look forward to, to watching you play and covering you guys more and more. I'm sure you and I will probably talk personally here in the near future. We'll probably see each other multiple times when, I, when I'm helping out with the team. But uh, I'm looking forward to seeing you, Chad. Uh, what would you tell as we wrap this interview up for young athletes out there as, as yourself going through, you know, you went through the realms of peewee football in high school and then uh, the JUCO route. And then you went to the next level of college football and you've had injuries and so forth through all of your experience and even now. Heck, you even got the flag football experience in there, which is intense, by the way, at times. But you've got it all. And now you're playing at the professional level at the indoor football, you know, with indoor football at the Horseman. What's the one piece of advice if you could tell a, a young athlete coming up, just anything that you've learned, what's the one piece of advice you think would be the most important to tell them? The one thing I've carried through my whole career is just a belief in myself. And that carries, I think, throughout every sport. If you believe you can do it and you see yourself doing it, you can go achieve it. Um, coaching, that's all I would tell you. You guys got to believe. You got to believe that you're in this game and you got to believe that we're, you know, going to, you know, you got to believe in every part of the game in yourself too. So it's just that. So that's what I, I would say to all the young athletes is don't ever stop believing in yourself. Even if something knocks you down, like a knee injury or a foot injury or a shoulder injury, you know, it's, it's whatever, makes you happy 
believe that you can get back to it because I've been to that valley four or five different times and had to climb my way out each time. And it's, it's uh, something, you know, that made me stronger as a, as a, as a man today, I can, you know, lead my, you know, whenever I have kids and, you know, I can't wait to be a dad, but it's just, I can't wait to lead them and show them, you know, all the mistakes that I made and try to help them, you know, figure it out a little bit, but just, Believing in yourself is the biggest thing as a player because as a quarterback, especially confidence, not cocky, but confidence, just knowing that you're going to go out and make it happen and, and, and do everything you can to, to win the game, to help your team win. If that's going over, you know, diving over the goal line, whatever you got to do, it just doesn't matter. It's just, so I, I think confidence and belief in yourself is, is what I would say to all the young athletes and, even when times are the toughest, that's when belief is the biggest, you know, you gotta, you gotta really trust the process and fight your way out of it. Man. I love it, man. This has been an awesome conversation, Chad. I I'm like super stoked about just having you on here to share your story. I, and I know the young athletes, the coaches, the parents that listen to this show can take something from this to, to instill in their kids and just instill in their own lives. And it's outside of just sports too. That's that belief and confidence that you need, that's something that sports teach you in regular life. That's if you go to a nine to five job and you work for somebody or you're an entrepreneur, you run your own business. That's something you got to take with you for the rest of your life. And it's cool to hear it from you, like how sports have kind of taught you that massive skill set that I think is lacking yeah. in society. I think there's always this false, uh, like, I guess, a, a lack of belief all across society. People don't believe in themselves at all, period. But sports can teach you a lot of that if you allow it to, which you have. And yeah. now you're you're letting the other ones see how important that is. So yeah, again, even it's like going. I'm a so I have I'm a real estate agent right now, and my belief is like I gotta you know I believe that I can do this. I believe I can go out and do it. But it's it's that mental struggle. So even learning how to you know become something different, it's just believing that you can do it, and you know just taking those steps to get there. And it's so it's just yeah, the belief is big in everything. Huge guys, parallels between life and sports. That sets another big thing, big uh, point of this podcast as well. Guys, I, I hope you enjoyed this interview that we had with Chad. This has been an awesome time uh, discussing stuff with you, man. I really appreciate your time. And for everyone out there who's listening, if you didn't get you, get it in the beginning, please make sure to leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe, share this with your friends and family, especially Horseman fans around the Valley. Make sure to to share this we want to make sure the word gets out so everybody gets to know chad on a personal level as well as the athlete so make sure to get this out there and uh chad just want to say thanks again for joining the game time guru podcast thank you again man i appreciate all you do and it's this is awesome so thank you for doing this man no doubt brother everybody you know the drill subscribe to the podcast we'll be coming back next week with another interview take care Guys, thanks so much for listening to another episode of my show. Now, if you could go and do me a favor, head over to iTunes, give me five stars and leave me a review. It would be greatly appreciated. Thanks, guys. Appreciate your support.